0: Hey, welcome to Not Quite Dead, a gal pal horror movie discussion
1: podcast. We do deep dives on our favorite scary movies. And sometimes we just keep it shallow. I'm your host, Megan. I'm Kate. Get ready, because here come the spoilers.
0: All right, we're talking Saw 2 today. Saw 2 came out, I think, less than a
1: year after Saw 1. Yeah, actually, um, I was reading that the weekend saw one um, debuted and did did so well that they immediately greenlit green the uh, Saw 2 sequel. Made them so much money. So they were like, let's keep doing it. I wish we did more stuff like that now
0: because I feel like we get one movie and then unless it's a Marvel movie or a Disney movie, it can take a really long time before you get a sequel. Whereas with the Saw
1: movies, it's like one a year <laughs> for <Yeah>. years. <laughs> <laughs> they found their money maker and they kept going with it <laughs> i do um, love when
0: you look at the saw movie wikipedia pages they'll <laughs> oh, this the later saw movies like saw five saw seven the posters for those movies show that they they expected those to be the final movies so they'll have like taglines that are like the last game or like jigsaw's last last return, or something ridiculous like that, and then they make like four more movies after that, which is right. really great,
1: yeah, they're he's really just not quite dead. And you know what's funny, the tagline for this movie was, um there will be blood. and so i we were we were wondering if um, you know, Daniel Day. Lewis film of the same name. it's not even his film, right? but he's just in it. um they they took that from Saw too. And I'm I'm betting they did. I'm betting they did. This came out in 2005. There will be blood came out in 2012, right? There will be blood. No, no, there will be blood came out in 2007. 2007. That's right. That's right. Oh, I'm thinking of something else that I called out later on. We can talk about that. All kinds of stuff being ripped off this movie. Um, there will be blood. The title of. The Academy Award-winning film starring Daniel Day-Lewis definitely copied <laughs> its title from this movie's tagline. Um, and then I don't know if you if you caught it later. I do you watch Walking Dead?
0: A little bit. Okay. I it, and it jumped the shark for me, so I stopped watching it.
1: Okay. Um, yeah, I it's one of those shows where I just watch it out of guilt now um but we do get to see early Lucille in Saw 2 um which was not debuted uh in the comics until 2012 so that's Mm -hmm. a controversial factoid yeah
0: I Saw 2 is a funny one for me because I think that of all of the Saw movies um this one's definitely not the worst Mm-hmm. Um, but it it starts to introduce some things that um set the groundwork for later Saw movies to be really bad. Yeah, I feel That's a real good <laughs> like <point. laughs> like it's not bad in and of itself in this first one, but I feel like in later Saw movies, you see them using the same techniques and just like going way overboard with them, and it makes them so much worse. Um, like one of the things that they have in here, which they don't really have in Saw One, is a, a flashback. Yeah. Um, yeah, they and they use it as a like a dream. It's like he's dreaming, um, and then has has a flashback, which in later Saw movies like they really, really, really abuse the flashback technique.
1: Yeah. There, there really <laughs> is only one flashback that I called out um for being kind of stupid. And it was in the beginning, right after um Oh, I forget her name. That really beautiful cop with the curly hair. Um, oh yeah, she. she gorgeous. Yeah, she calls Matthews in to to look at the the writing on the wall, and she starts yelling at him like, "Hey, you got to be a cop about this. Don't just blow this off." And then, you know, two minutes later, he's he's remembering that, and they play it again for us, even though we thought, <laughs> <saw> "It's <laughs> like there it is. There's that flashback. They got to have one." gotta have one one flashback That's- right right or, yeah or green, i do a green tint
0: yeah there's we're gonna make bingo cards for you guys so that if you ever go through and watch these saw movies you can play saw bingo along with us <laughs> um green green tinted scenes and flashbacks are definitely gonna be on the bingo card yeah yeah um i want to do a really quick cliff note summary of the plot before we get like deep into the plot this this one is a little more convoluted than Saw 1, which is why I think I'm having trouble just coalescing all of the threads that are going mm-hmm. on. At the root of it, Jigsaw is still active. There's a new victim, <laughs> and Detective Matthews gets called in to look at it, look at the scene, and in this process, they hunt down Jigsaw, but Jigsaw is one step ahead of them, and he has trapped something like six or seven people um like an indeterminate i had a hard time like keeping
1: track of how many people were actually in this house six uh people who we aren't familiar yet when we enter the house when we enter the trap um sure and then plus amanda who we already have met and plus this kid uh, daniel right um who we've met earlier Mm -hmm. in the film
0: yep so the, the crux of this, this movie, this plot, is that Jigsaw and Detective Matthews are in this head-to-head psychological combat with each other because Jigsaw has his son with a bunch of other people trapped in a murder house that they have to escape from, and Detective Matthews is up against the clock to try and get Jigsaw to give up where his son is trapped. And that's kind of the the quick, the very quick overview on the the plot so that as we're working through the plot details you guys have at least a, a rough understanding of the, the end game here and
1: the the tension comes in when uh, detective uh, Matthews played by Donny Wahlberg the great Donny Wahlberg um, yes. side, note, side note I had a Donny doll as a kid because um, he was in new kids on the block um, so I had a Donny doll and it came with a little tiny ponytail coming out the back. Um but yeah Donnie he he has realized that everyone who is trapped with his son has been framed by him. <laughs> so he has to find his son before they find out who he is and possibly hurt his son who he does not have a good relationship.
0: Yeah, this is the this is the kind of convoluted plotting that we have mm-hmm. here. We've got a poor relationship between the cop and his son. This cop is a he's a shady cop, he's planting evidence, he's framing people, he's setting people up to go to prison as like fall guys. Um, there's the jigsaw confrontation scene, there's the detectives trying to figure out where the video stream from the house is coming from. There's just a lot going on
1: in this movie. <laughs> yeah. And I think it might be partially convoluted just because um, this script was actually not Originally written to be a Saw movie. Um, It was some other script called The Desperate. um, And when the Saw 1 creators read through it, they were like, Yeah, you can adapt this. This'll work. So I cleaned it up a little bit. So that could be why this plot feels a little all over the place.
0: The concept of the Saw House, though, is my favorite concept in all of the Saw movies. I love it. It's why I want. It's why I want to write a spec script for Saw City because I think that it's a natural evolution for Jigsaw. He just goes bigger and bigger and bigger. He loves abandoned buildings. He likes to take over an abandoned area, whether it's a bathroom in a warehouse or an abandoned like halfway house, like I think this one is, and converting that into something terrible. It's like he's taking something that's already really... Seedy and overlooked, and then taking seedy
1: and overlooked people and shoving them into horrible situations in there, and and somehow he found a seedy, gross house that's also connected to this disgusting public bathroom, wherever that used to be. Who knows? Yes,
0: um, I know it's very convenient. <laughs> so the, this house, um, there's a scene towards the end where they, uh, Amanda and the detective's son they escape down into this like basement cross-space area and it leads into a tunnel and then that tunnel connects up with the warehouse with the bathroom from saw one so it's like this network of
1: you know that jigsaw has been playing in this whole time he's got to know a city planner somewhere how does he get his hands on all this real estate how does he know that
0: yeah do they explore that ever I don't think they do. I don't think they do. I don't think they do. I think that they do explain that he is an engineer. Right. And that's and that's why he's so good at building these traps, especially these really like mechanical traps. Um, and then it kind of seems like some of his henchmen help him with the details. So we know Amanda is a henchman. Um and so she she might be helping in some capacity. We know that she in this specific situation she's really there to shepherd through the sun to make sure that the mm-hmm. sun survives that's her her role I I feel like in the house
1: yeah her trap her test not not necessarily trap I guess the house is a trap for everybody but her test is helping someone else helping someone else succeed I think um I agree and and knowing that she's going to be putting up a pretty big fight because eventually they're going to find out who this kid is. um, And she's going to have to be dealing with a lot of assholes in a very small (laughs)
0: space. Yeah. There's, there are some assholes. There are a lot of assholes in this group, none worse than Xavier. I think Xavier is my
1: least favorite character in a long time in the Saw movies. Yeah, I think I refer to him in my notes as Buff Douche. Something like that. <laughs> yeah, he's awful. He's our drug dealer. All of all of our vi- um, victims in this house, <clears throat> excuse me, they're unsavory characters. They, they've, they've done some bad things, made some bad choices. However, the reason that they were picked up um, by Detective Matthews was not their fault. They were all framed by him, which we find out later in the film. So they were guilty for one thing, but not the thing that they got in trouble for with him.
0: This is another one of those instances with Jigsaw punishing people and not expecting them to live. Where Mm -hmm. we talked about in the last episode where there are traps where he's trying to get people to change and he actually gives them an opportunity to survive. But there are so many traps for these people in Saw 2 where there's no way he could have ever expected them to survive in it.
1: Yeah, I, you know, um, that was part of what, we'll talk about this, part of my epiphany. Um, there are, yeah, I was realizing this time around and so many other times that I've seen this, um, there are just traps that you can't win, um. And I'm not sure what the purpose is. Uh, I think I have a, an idea. That's my epiphany. But um, I'm now not so sure that I have it right. <laughs> That's how confused I kind of was about this, this trap and this plot at the end of it all. Um, how many traps did you count? Did you get a trap count? I didn't really get a trap count
0: this time around. There were so many. There was... Uh, so we had... The one at the very beginning, which was uh not in the which was not in Saw House. This was the one that actually got Detective Matthews involved in the larger plot. And this was uh Michael at the very beginning in the Iron Maiden. Mm-hmm. So this is pretty gnarly. I don't know how he would have <sighs> I mean, I guess you could say that he could have gotten out of it, but I find it really hard to believe. This is the one where um, he has uh, a miniature Iron Maiden. Um, As if that's not bad enough. There's a key. The key to get out of the Iron Maiden is sewn into his eyeball. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> what? <You know> what? <laughs> so he has a minute. He has literally a minute to like yeah. cut into his eyeball and remove the key a how big do they think an eyeball is versus the key like they have a teeny tiny little key that's sitting like just
1: hanging out inside of his eye oh god In his eye socket i i don't remember is it in his socket behind his eye uh his eye Hmm.
0: itself is really bloody so i had thought that maybe they had cut into his eye already i see cuz he holds he holds the scalpel remember he's got a scalpel yeah. and a mirror and he holds he he holds it up to his eye and he's not able to do it yeah I mean, and
1: so that's yeah. <laughs> not who would that's an awful test awful awful
0: when i was watching this i thought to myself that me and you and everyone listening to this and just like everyone in general should sit down and very seriously think about the degree of self-mutilation that you're willing to go through to survive anything. Mm -hmm. Um, And then if you ever find yourself in a jigsaw type trap, you can just, you know, not stress because you can say like, yeah, eyeballs are past my limits, so I'm just going to die. You know, and then at least like for the last 60 seconds of your life, you can just sit and think about like all the good times you had, <laughs> maybe
1: meditate a little bit and then die. <laughs> yeah, instead of this flash motion, like, choppy video cutting in and out with crazy rage music while you're trying to dig a key out of your eye. I know that was just awful. And I guess at this point, we can assume uh, Lawrence Gordon has helped with this trap setup, even though we don't know this yet. That's, yeah, that's, that was the other thing I wanted to say about this is that
0: they do show a video. They show Michael a video of this surgery taking place and they don't show mm-hmm. who's doing the surgery. And I remember the first time I saw this movie, I couldn't believe that Jigsaw was so talented right. as to engineer all of this, do all the set design <laughs> and be able to sew keys inside of people's bodies. Like it just felt like too much. And then later, like seven movies later, you realize that Dr. Gordon's been helping out along the way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He
1: definitely helped with this one. It was pretty gnarly. So much harder than Amanda's.
0: I think that that's because this one was not to get a henchman out of Michael. Mm -hmm. I mean, that would have been a bonus, but it was so that detective Matthews, would get put onto the case. Right. And I felt like it was just driving to try and get Matthews in front of Jigsaw because by the time Matthews and Jigsaw meet for the first time, this is the big twist of the movie is that everything that they're watching in the Saw house, I don't know what else to call it, <laughs> the trap trap house, mm, no, house. Saw house. <laughs> in the Saw house, has actually already taken place, right. which none of the detectives know. Right. So that's one trap, mm-hmm. and then there's I don't know thirty five in the house. And I, <laughs> I counted
1: eight total, but we'll go through and see if that if that holds up. But yeah, that's trap number one. It's terrible. Right. This is another. This is another instance of jigsaw determining the value of a man's life. This guy. What was he? He was an informant, so he was helping the police track down bad guys, right? Um, he doesn't doesn't sound like his this crime was very, very bad. He he's in trouble for what looking at people, right? In lieu of a cassette, Jigsaw uses a video. Yeah,
0: in this one where he's got his puppet, who who tells him that Michael is unworthy of the life you've been given, right? And. So you just really start to see that Jigsaw as a character is just
1: really bitter that he's dying of cancer. He is. He is so petty. And he is taking it out on everyone else. <laughs> he is such a drama queen. He,
0: <laughs> he, even in this movie, they have a little flashback. I guess there's multiple, multiple flashbacks. He has a flashback to where he says that he didn't actually decide. So this is retconning Saw 1. Mm-hmm. In Saw 1, he said that he decided to become Jigsaw when he was going through his cancer treatments and people were just treating him like a case and not a person. Mm-hmm. In Saw 2, not only is he a ca- cancer patient, but he has this bizarrely brutal car accident. <laughs> and coming out of that car accident, while he's still a cancer patient, he decides that that is the moment where he's not going to take any of his time for granted. And if he sees any person ever taking their time for granted, he's just going to go
1: for them. And the only way for them to learn this lesson is to have some sort of experience similar to his, but not quite the same. It's really not the same. He was in a car accident. So that's an accident for one thing. Second thing, I mean, there's no time limit. He crawled out of the car and he pulled the metal piece out of his you know, shoulder or whatever it was. And there was no time limit. There was, he wasn't gonna die any quicker. Digging a key out of your eye socket is on par with getting into a car accident.
0: This would have been a really good opportunity for Jigsaw to become a motivational speaker. Oh yeah. For like, take control of your life. You can make things better. Look at me, I'm a cancer patient. And I went through this really traumatic car accident. And so I'm taking each day by the horns you know and instead he's like I want other people to suffer like I suffered which is such a boomer move mm-hmm. right
1: okay boomer
0: yeah right okay jigsaw <laughs> he, <laughs> he he just is like I suffered I've gone through pain and I need everyone else to suffer alongside <laughs> me
1: so with this first trap um we we get to hear a lot about Donnie being a lazy cop kind of and just not being a very good cop in general um but a couple minutes after when he's tossing and turning in his sleep he actually does have a moment of clarity and realizes where this jigsaw man is hiding out um he remembers a logo that he saw in in the video Right, wasn't in mm-hmm. the video, and so he he goes to this warehouse again, another abandoned warehouse where Jigsaw is hanging out and causing all this mayhem. Um, and I I did take a look at the cars that were driving by. They are still stateless. We still don't know where yep. this place is. The police force is just referred to as the Metropolitan Police, so it could be anywhere. Still, they're they're going with nowhere, but we do finally get to happen upon jigsaw's hideout. Um, and this was where I marked another trap. It's, it's a booby trap. It's not, it's not a trap trap. It's not a jigsaw. Yes. True jigsaw trap. Um, but the SWAT team is running up the stairs as we all know now not to do with jigsaw. You got to be careful. Um, and they get booby trapped.
0: Yeah. There's electricity running through the wire alongside the staircase. The staircase has booby traps in it that really gruesomely breaks one of the detective's legs. It electrocutes <laughs> everyone else in the stairwell. It's like not far
1: off from like a wily co- Coyote cartoon yeah. in this like um And I was taking a look at some of the props <laughs> lying around to see if there'd be anything. Um, Anything that would tie into later movies? Did you did you take a look at this part at all? I did. I didn't see
0: a whole lot. There was a lot of mannequins Mm -hmm. and a lot of which I assumed was being being used to develop other traps. Um, I did see on one of the back walls was drawings on how he developed the Iron Maiden Mm -hmm. that the informant was put in. Uh, which he developed based off of a football helmet which I thought was really interesting. So it kind of shows that he's not developing these things from scratch, but he's using existing materials and kind of retrofitting those to become torture devices.
1: Right. Yeah, we get to see a little bit of his creative process. <laughs> a lot of tests <laughs> with no limbs di- and and mouths missing. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: no dioramas though, unfortunately no, not this time. Which is- I really liked
0: from saw we really
1: need a diorama of this house I think that should be a side project we do <laughs> yes.
0: oh my gosh it would be like in hereditary how she does the miniatures yeah we could do our own miniatures I think we said that in episode I one too we're gonna say
1: it every episode and we'll see it.
0: every episode we're gonna go oh,
1: like hereditary we'll
0: do miniatures <laughs> So they see Jigsaw in his little little hideout, and he's wearing this very sumptuous robe. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he has it in Saw One too, um, as well. But it's I, f- I find it very funny. It just seems like not. It doesn't seem in character, but it also doesn't seem out of character, I guess. But he's wearing this robe with a hood pulled up, and he is weak as shit. Mm-hmm. He's like he's actively dying of cancer in front of our eyes. Yeah. He's got an oxygen tank. He's hooked himself up to um, to some IVs, which if with the knowledge that Dr. Gordon's probably helping him, you can guess where some of these supplies are coming from. Right. It's very he looks very hot topic. Yeah, it's very molgoth. Yeah. Very molgoth. He's wearing it's a it's a black silk robe with red silk lining. Yeah. It's I don't know. It's hard to imagine, I guess, because we're kind of in an era of true crime right now. So we know that actual serial killers work extremely hard to seem super mainstream, right? Like Ted Bundy, like tries to be like just a normal guy. Um, Berkowitz, you know, all these guys, they're they're just kind of trying to blend in seamlessly with society so that they can get away with killing or maiming as many people as possible. Jigsaw is like get me the most elaborate robe possible and i need multiple warehouses. <laughs> he needs warehouses and he needs robes. Like he's going so far on like
1: fictional serial killer territory. Right. And Donnie is going to beat him up, most likely, um, until he lets him know that uh, he needs to stay in this room, stay in this hideaway, while whatever's going on on the television screens in, you know, a few couple yards away uh, is resolved. Um, So Donnie goes and checks it out, and that's where we get to see the big trap of the movie. This is the big trap that lasts the whole movie Um, and where our victims plus Daniel, I guess he's a victim too. And Amanda are all stuck in this big house, can't get out and are slowly being poisoned the whole movie.
0: Yes. There's a neurotoxin that's being pumped into the house, which is pretty great. Uh, And the neurotoxin will kill them within two hours but they need to be able to get out of the house within three hours Mm -hmm.
1: or it will be locked up.
0: And the only way that this makes sense is that throughout the house and throughout the, the traps within the overall trap is that there's antidotes. And this is where it gets a little (laughs) crazy where, where it's hard to say that,
1: any of these people have any reasonable chance of surviving. Yeah. And and not to mention the fact that they're not very nice to each other. They're really not going to work together to get out of this. Maybe a couple of them will. Um, Jonas was pretty nice. And I guess Gus was okay, but he was, he gets knocked out pretty early. Um, but mm-hmm. Xavier and Addison and Obi are really, really at odds.
0: The first trap that we see is... Everyone in the house wakes up. The first trap that we see in this house is all of our victims so, our six victims plus Amanda plus the kid, Daniel all eight of them wake up in a in what seems like a locked room. And Jigsaw, like we've said before, he leaves tapes. And in these tapes, he's pretty explicitly clear about what you have to do with the traps in in order to survive them. And they're kind of riddles, but they're not really. It's like one degree of separation from what he wants you to actually get to. Right. So it's so goofy. (laughs) I find it very goofy. So they all wake up and amanda is there amanda who has survived one of the traps and saw one unbeknownst to this crew she's
1: actually working for jigsaw at this point okay but also but call out she has terrible hair i hate this haircut
0: her hair is so bad her <laughs> hair is like remember kate from john and kate Plus Eight? Oh,
1: right it's like that you're right but like, it's like, that hair. like
0: trying to i don't hungry. know why <laughs> Yeah, it's this, like, short and spiky in the back and, like, long in the front type situation. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why
1: they did this to her. She's a cute girl, but her hair and, is And, like, so gelled and just spiked out, and it, it doesn't look good. I'm glad they only did it for this one movie <laughs> and not any other ones. It does help us track her, though, when we get to see flashbacks later on. We can kind of have a sense of when that flashback was, and it, it kind of helps us place place what's going on within the correct timeline okay so we get to listen to the tape about what's going on in this house um, and it tells the victims the numbers are in the back of your mind um, and to look for antidotes and these numbers are going to unlock the the door out of here supposedly
0: yeah so the numbers I think actually help form the combination that gets you the antidote right
1: that's right the antidote sorry yeah. Um. But they yeah. never really come back to this one. They never talk about it. They just sort of like poke around and never talk about the numbers again until the end.
0: I find that very frustrating with this group of people in that they're given this tape and because of the personalities in the group, they just don't actually stop to understand why they might be in there, how they're related to each other and what the tape might mean. It seems very simple to just take five minutes to do that legwork. But instead they just rush into it and immediately someone dies. (laughs) Like it's within the first like minute someone dies because they use the wrong
1: key on the wrong door and it shoots him through the door in the head. This is, this is Gus. We lose. We barely get to meet Gus. All we know about him is that he was an addict um, and that he was, again, framed for something. Um, but he he gets he gets shot by this gun because nobody listens. <laughs> yeah, he's trap number three. And he
0: actually seemed like a decent guy. So it was sad to lose him so early on. Yeah. He, he wasn't even putting the key into the door. He was looking through the keyhole. So he was just
1: collateral damage. Yeah, and I think that was Xavier, wasn't it?
0: I think it was. Yeah, I think it was Xavier. Xavier is all about collateral damage, which is why there are so many issues with Sawhouse is that you can't say that these tasks are only to punish specific people. I know that Jigsaw, he sets up each room with a person's name and a tape specific to them. But because there's so much opportunity for these people to turn on each other or for someone to accidentally trip a trap that it's, yeah, I think it's a gray area. I don't think that you can say that this house is designed to rehabilitate people in a way that maybe some of the more individual traps would outside of the house.
1: Yeah, I think from a from a movie, it's hard to say, from a movie perspective, I feel like I you would expect there to be one trap per person. That's just sort of how you would expect him to do this. Um, but in reality, like, we don't know who's going to touch what and who's going to die. And if they'll ever get to hear their trap tape or whatever is going to happen to them. So it makes sense that it is sort of haphazard and doesn't quite go... Maybe it doesn't go as planned. Maybe that's what he thought would happen, but... um It does to me. It felt a little more realistic to have them screwing up all the traps as they go. That's probably what people would do.
0: (laughs) There is one. There is one scene um, with uh, Addison where she goes into her trap. This is later. We're yeah. skipping a couple traps, so we'll go back to those. But to to just build on your point, Addison when she goes into her room, she sees her tape and she just throws it. She doesn't even yeah. listen to it. And I thought that that was amazing because that is what a real person yeah. would probably actually do. I don't they, want to you know this she, shit. I just want to get Yeah, out of here. She's like she's dying, she knows that the tape is like maybe going to help her. Probably not at this point. And she's like, I'm just going to stick my hand into this horrible thing and see what happens.
1: I really wish we could hear what was on that tape because I cannot for the life of me understand how she was supposed, anybody was supposed to survive this trap. She, she puts her hands up through some irreversible. It's kind of like those negative, those negative, those, um, tire spikes where you're not allowed to go backwards, right? Or it'll pop your tires. And, and that's what she's essentially putting her hands into. And there's no way for her to pull them out. I think maybe maybe she would have needed to do it one hand at a time so that she could hold the glass open with the other hand. But I'm not sure how she would have gotten that anecdote out because it was sticking to the bottom of the glass. I don't know if you remember that.
0: Yep. The only thing I could think of is if she could have found something that would have just broken the glass. Yeah. And not put her hands into it yeah. but we don't know Right. she didn't listen to the tape Ugh. she didn't really look around the room she just
1: stormed in saw it was there and just dove right into the trap. addison god yeah, yeah. addison was a is a former prostitute um, who again was framed by mm-hmm. donnie
0: yeah so we okay so backing up to where we were before we have gus is dead They're still still bickering within the group because some people want to try and sit and figure out why they're there because they remember that they were given a tape. Amanda's trying to nudge them into the right direction about, you know, maybe we should think about why we're here. Like, remember the tape said, like, this thing. And Xavier and some of the others they're just like, no. We're getting out of here. And they, the next trap that we lead into is with Obi in the basement Ugh, such a terrible trap I this one was this
1: trap. straight up punishment.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah this was gnarly they, they go down into the basement it's a basement in a horror movie it's dark it's scary and this is the first time where we see an individual tape and Jigsaw immediately sells Obie out if Obi had somehow figured out a way to survive this trap, Xavier or someone else would have definitely killed him had he not had he not died. Actually,
1: Xavier. So this trap has two anecdotes in it. I keep saying anecdotes. <laughs> I, know, I know the word is antidote, but I, I keep saying anecdote. So if I keep saying that, I'm just gonna leave it. Okay. Um yeah, he's got two anecdotes inside this oven. Um, and so his, his trap is to crawl in and remove them and, and hand them out accordingly. Um, he does promise himself one. He's like, I'm going in here, so I'm getting one. Um, but yeah, he gets in and, and as soon as he tries to take the second antidote, uh, the whole, the oven locks with him inside and, and Mm -hmm. starts... Uh, a fire. So he's trapped inside with a fire and nobody can open the door. Even nasty Xavier tries to get him out and, and it doesn't work. So I felt so bad for him.
0: I didn't understand this one because in, in the tape, Jigsaw tells him that there are two antidotes in there, one of them for himself and one of them to give to someone else at his own discretion. And that, depending on what he chose, would determine his fate. But there's one antidote that's hanging easily in the front, and then the second antidote is in the back. So we don't we don't actually know which one is related to which. Like there's not like there's one that's labeled for Obi and one that's labeled for Obi's friend. There's just like two <laughs> antidotes hanging, and he pulls the first one, and and it starts the oven. So I don't know how he's supposed to handle this. I don't know how anyone would handle this unless it's him trying to get the second one and then fighting his way through the flames to deliver
1: one someone. I don't really know. Yeah. I don't know how I can see how maybe he could get the anecdotes and hand them through the window, the bars to somebody, but what difference would it make if he gave himself a shot? um if he's gonna cook alive anyways because the door slammed shut behind him and locked him in and then proceeded to get too hot to touch so I I was also very confused by this um and and it's part of my (laughs) part of my epiphany that I'll talk about after we hit all the traps (laughs) um but yeah that one that one was really horrific to me that one I was actually sitting on the couch getting squeamish Um, I'm just really not into fire traps there's a terrible they kind of come back to this trap in the seventh uh, saw movie um, with an even bigger oven that somebody gets stuck in and I hate it I hate watching that trap happen I just it's so hard for me to fathom
0: yeah I it's funny because I don't I don't think that there is anything in this one watching it this time that I was squeamish about. I remember when I was younger, um, that the next trap actually, um, when I was younger, I thought it was the worst thing I'd ever heard of. When I rewatched it this time, I, I don't know. It didn't really seem to affect me. I I don't know if I've just watched so many movies that I've like numbed myself to being too squeamish about any of these, but yeah, I don't yeah. know. The next, the next trap is supposed to be Xavier's. Yeah, right. And Xavier, we've already seen, he has no qualms with just pushing other people in front of the train. So he does the same thing here. He's in a room where there's another locked safe that's holding antidotes inside of it. He has to get a key. They, they move some stuff aside and because they realize that there's actually in the middle of the floor a pit dug out and the pit is filled with hypodermic needles probably I think used. we're supposed to assume, <laughs> used yeah we're <laughs> supposed to assume that they've been used and there's a key somewhere in there and Xavier according to the tapes he's supposed to jump in and dig through these needles with his dealer. hands he's a drug yeah. dealer exactly so he's he has, you know, condemned so many people to a lifetime of addiction and pain and misery. And so his punishment is to have some of that pain come back onto him. He hears that and he's like, great. And he
1: shoves Amanda into the pit. (laughs) (laughs) Amanda never catches a break in this movie.
0: (laughs) Yeah. She's supposed to be working for Jigsaw and she still gets totally fucked this whole movie. Like she gets shoved into this pit. Like I actually feel bad for Amanda because she's like, crying like it look it does look really painful because she's
1: like that needle sticking out of like her arms yeah it's awful um and i i had this movie on dvd a while ago or or i i must have rented it because i know i didn't own it but anyways i got to see the extras for this um this scene and it's really cool how they do it actually so side note they they took a bunch of uh needles or you know uh syringes and removed the actual needles and put in uh fake needles or else just took the needles out altogether actually if you look in the pit if you stop and look you can see that there's tons of uh syringes in there without needles um and then the okay. ones that are attached to her are blunted and kind of attached under her um shirt to like a something that they can stick them to um, but yeah, it's it's a it's, it's it would look like a really fun scene to shoot, but it looks awful. It's and it's so low tech still, which I love. I love the low tech tr- tests and traps in this. Scene.
0: I do too. I I appreciate a needle pit more than I yeah. appreciate an iron maiden that snaps after a timer. I think that or a gun that goes off if someone puts the wrong key in something like that's fine. But some just straight up body horror where it's like, oh, you have to put your hand uh, into knives or you have to put yeah. your hand into needles. That I think resonates a lot more. And like yeah. anyone can do it. It's very- You do DIY. not need to be
1: an engineer to come up with a pit of needles.
0: <laughs> you just need to hook up yeah, at a local which, hospital. Yeah. <laughs> you need your own doctor.
1: Um, <laughs> okay. So here's where I want to stop and talk about my epiphany because- um, something happens here that I don't know if, if you caught, but I had never caught before. And I think was just part of why I was so confused about what this movie was about. Um, They do find the antidote. They find uh, a glowing green needle because of course the antidote is glowing green um, and it has the key attached Mm -hmm. to it. They, they try to use the key in the door um, to open it and they're too late. They've missed the three minute mark for this needle Mm -hmm. in a haystack. Um, But the key has an antidote attached to it and nobody uses it. They just leave it in the door. I don't understand that either.
0: I also noticed that there were a couple of theories that I had while watching it. One was that I wasn't convinced that there was actually a neurotoxin that was being pumped through the air vents. I thought that maybe it was something that had been injected into them and that whatever was injected into Daniel the son was more slow acting than what was injected into everyone Mm -hmm. else. At first, I had thought that maybe Daniel hadn't been injected with anything. And then they do have a moment where he coughs and coughs up some blood like other people were coughing up so it's like okay whatever is going on it's maybe the same thing maybe it is a neurotoxin it just seems a little high effort (laughs) the the only thing i could maybe think of is that everyone at this point because they had missed the the cutoff time um they were too far deep with this neurotoxin to be thinking coherently because you do see people start to act more erratically. And I think, um, Laura dies right around then, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. So she's the first one to, to, she's the first and only person to actually die of the neurotoxin and she's the gal from seventh heaven. Remember? (laughs) Yeah, this this gal from 7th Heaven who did 7th Heaven and then Saw 2 and nothing else (laughs) is the only person to actually die of the neurotoxin. So it does give some validity that there is something actually poisoning. So,
1: I mean, my epiphany, I guess I wouldn't even call it this anymore, is just that it's not about these antidotes at all. Maybe they don't even work. It's about avoiding these traps that are really, when you think about it, pretty unsolvable. And I'm wondering if that's for a reason. Like, the point is not to to deal with these anecdotes. The point is to get out. The point is to solve that and work together yeah. and get out of this place.
0: That's a great, great read of it. I I had assumed it was just, you know, kind of stupidity or, like, oversight or they're so frantic that they, like, overlooked these things. But I think that you're right. They don't work together. We do learn that this overall trap is just secondary for Jigsaw to punish all of these people. The primary goal for Jigsaw is to punish the detective. So there's really no purpose for any of these people to die. And they do end up dying because they're (laughs) flailing through these traps the whole time. (laughs) And Zayn actually like... Most of the deaths would not oh, have yeah. happened. He had should Xavier not have been not invited been to this
1: party. They would have been fine, I think.
0: Xavier actually just straight up kills he someone did. in a fight. Yeah. At one point. It's not even a trap. It's not even a trap. It's not even like this guy was in his way or anything. He just he yeah. kills oh, with, Jonas with, That's with a that's Lucille.
1: bat. That's the bat.
0: Oh, Lucille is really- the bat. See, I stopped watching Walking Dead before- yes Negan is that his name yeah it's like evil <laughs> Megan His name. um I know okay so I know that Glenn died right by Negan right yeah because he like hit him with a right. bat in the head yeah I remember it seeing online this um this like really gruesome picture of like his eyeball popped out. And I was like, I should start watching Walking Dead again. <laughs> it was like the first thing I'd seen in like years where I was like, oh, that looks that, legit. I should start watching. Again. That was a good, and then yeah, that.
1: that was a nice little like comeback to the original feel of Walking Dead. It was really spooky and you felt really unsure of yourself, like what's going to happen to these guys and Glenn dies, which happens in the comics, but it still is just so earth shattering. Right. Um, and, and the Lucille bat is a little different. Lucille is covered in barbed wire. Whereas this bat is a bunch of nails sticking out like spikes, but it's still the same, um, um, kind of awfulness that Lucille brings. And I was so grateful that his eye didn't pop out. (laughs) Oh but you're yeah, right we goodness. did skip a sort of a trap more it's more of a test um and this is Donnie Donnie is the ultimate test of this movie um I think this is probably um a test where Jigsaw wants to recruit him he seems recruitable because he's such a dirty cop
0: yeah I mean he seems yeah he does seem very recruitable because he's a dirty cop. He's got an inside track. He's already willing to do some mm-hmm. extra legal activities. Um, but I think that yeah, his is very survivable. If you think of this as a trap where Jigsaw is just it, he tells him, he says, if you sit here, talk to me and listen All to you me, to your son is will be, be nice. fine. <laughs> and he does not, he beats out of jigsaw, like he he takes this old cancer ridden man who's a serial killer, but still very un un
1: uh, what is it un unimposing <laughs> man <laughs> comes down to it. Uh, yes, yeah.
0: Okay, I want to go through yeah. the traps a little bit more because we did skip the glass box with Addison. We kind of covered it, but um, that's just the next one in the sequence. Yeah, that's the next one in the sequence. Where Addison, she is again with the makeup job, amazing. As as people are starting to get really sick from this neurotoxin, they start getting a little ghoulish. Um, their faces get pale. They're coughing up blood. They've got blood on their mouths. Their eyes are red. They just they look like they're dying. They look like they're actively dying. They're kind of stumbling around. Addison stumbles through, and she just happens to stumble upon this room just that's her Very conveniently. Room. <laughs> How she hasn't very, died yet. Very conveniently. It's a large house, by the way. Um, side note: Do you know what city? No, remember, it's person?
1: all. Uh, there's no. It's all fake. Yeah, there's it's no all- states on the license plates. The police just say it just says metropolitan. It's. Place. Okay, so,
0: yeah. oh, I love this. I love that because that really makes us like an archetypical story. When you remove any like place markers altogether, I guess I hadn't made, I hadn't made that full connection that there was like truly no city attached to this, because the concept that there's this like enormous house in the middle of a city that connects up to a bunch of warehouses is just sitting abandoned is wild right <laughs> like the real estate alone but this this city is uh getting a little off track from the trap this city they really just hammer home how dingy and gross everything is when they're at the pre- when they're at the precinct and The detective is sitting at his desk. There's just a coffee stain on the wall behind his desk. He's Yeah, there's like a stain on the wall. If you look at him sitting at his desk, but directly behind him, there's a stain going down the wall. It kind of looks like someone might have like tossed coffee or something. I thought you meant
1: like a ring. (laughs) Yeah. Put a coffee down on (laughs) the wall. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I If I had to pick a place for this setting... So far, I think I'd probably pick well let's see, what what was the warehouse they were in? What it was um there was a specific logo that he saw and then they went to this warehouse where Jigsaw is. Is is it is it meat packing? Um, Is it yeah. Detroit Yeah, I was gonna say either Detroit or Baltimore. Yeah.
0: Okay, yeah a little run it's too <laughs> it's a little run down there's there's a main downtown area which in much later saw movies mm-hmm. i think it's in saw nine is actually a quite beautiful downtown um if you remember that i think it's saw nine or saw eight maybe opens with that trap that takes place in the middle of their downtown oh that's saw in, like seven. broad daylight yeah Final chapter, chapter. <laughs> Oh, <seven>. oh yeah. <laughs> the final chapter. <laughs> and that's a great to me. Yeah, that one's very beautiful. That one's very beautiful, and so maybe we're led to believe that there's edges of town, or like there's only some nice parts of town, and the rest of it's pretty bad. But yeah, anyway. So back to Addison. We covered this a little bit already. She tosses her tape she's done she's dying she knows she's dying she sees that the antidote is in there and there's two conveniently placed hand holes for her to shove her hands up into to try and grab this antidote and of course she puts her hands up into them and they're they're razor blades so if she tries to withdraw her hand it just cuts into her hands and I thought that this one was real like heart like if there's anyone that was hard to watch i think that this one was maybe hard to watch because you just see it slicing into her and she's like crying but she's still trying to do it and then i think xavier he sees her mm-hmm. checks her neck and then just i he remember just totally the first time out.
1: i saw this just thinking with dread he is going to do something to rip her arms through that. (laughs) He's going to pull her or do something really mean or rape her something. And we're going to watch her arms get shredded. I was so glad they didn't do that.
0: (laughs) They're surprisingly really restrained on this one. Yeah. Surprisingly really restrained. I think that I've, I've internally built up in my head after watching all of these movies sometimes that they're really gruesome and so when you actually go back and watch individual movies they have really gruesome moments but then there's a lot of traps where they do hold back and they don't show like for Addison they don't show her like getting pulled down or getting raped or something like while this happens and a really nice thing about this series is that sexual assault is not
1: part yeah of I, this series at all yeah you know what let's take a minute good job Thanks for the second. Exactly
0: yeah, awesome yeah no Look, I think I think truly it's really nice because this is a movie that's based a movie franchise that's based around what is the most gruesome, horrific things that we can do to people. And I think that sexual assault and sexual trauma is really high up on the list, but they they don't go there. They very specifically treat their female victims exactly yeah. like they treat their male victims. They don't sexually degrade them or assault them. They're maimed, mutilated, and murdered, but they're maimed, mutilated, and murdered in exactly the same ways and methods that their male counterparts are. And I think that that's really radical for a series, actually. Hashtag
1: feminism. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hashtag <laughs> woku Chicksaw.
1: No, but it's true. I, I was really grateful that they didn't go there with that one because I was very worried about, I mean, she's already going to at some point get tired and go limp and her, she's not going to be able to, you know, resist that razor cutting into her arm at some point. And that's horrific enough to think about. So I don't think they needed to do anything else to her.
0: I think they were led to believe that anyone who is still in the house by the time the kid and Amanda leave, by the time Daniel and Amanda escape, has has died. Right? So like Addison being stuck with her arms stuck in that trap, she's probably going to die of the neurotoxin. Yeah. Yeah. I guess she's the only yeah. one alive at that point. Because at that point, it's Addison, Xavier, who's running around trying to figure out whose number belongs to who. And then it's Amanda and Daniel, yeah. and that's
1: it. And then shortly yeah. after this trap, um, Xavier finds that photo that's been floating around um, of Daniel with his dad, the dirty cop, Donnie, um, Matthews, whatever, Um And realizes, oh, I got to get this kid before I die. (laughs) I need to get my comeuppance against this detective. Um, And I thought that this made his test kind of fitting. I mean, Donnie Wahlberg's test. Um, He kind of reaps what he sows. You know, he's been a shitty cop for so long. And now the only thing that matters to him is is on the table and up for grabs against some of his worst enemies out there. Um, It's definitely extreme Um, and Daniel is treated like a prop rather than a person, but it's pretty fitting for Donnie to have to face his demons, Mm -hmm. I think. I agree. I think so. So Xavier now knows uh, who the kid is and he wants to hunt him down and and kill him for obvious reasons, Um, but Amanda and him uh, have manage to make their way to the bottom um oh we should talk about that trap the uh over the rainbow numbers trap that we yeah yes so what happened Xavier goes back to that first yeah. room and listens to the tape again
0: he does he listens to the tape and the tape at the beginning which they do a really bad job of following throughout yeah. the whole movie but really tells them that the The code to get into the antidote is in the back of all of their minds If and it's over the rainbow. And Xavier figures out that on the back of each person's neck is a number and it's color-coded. And so Xavier starts running around this house trying to find people who've already died, people who are trapped like Addison and then of course the last two people are right. Daniel and Amanda who are still alive and running from Xavier. So he's trying to, yeah. to get and, all of these and, and Xavier
1: is never nice about this. He he runs around so aggressively um, at one point Jonas is like, what are you doing?" And he doesn't tell him. He's <laughs> like, don't fucking worry about it. I mean, I, this is not a direct quote, but it's like a, um, um, the way he was behaving was like, don't worry about it. Do what I say. <laughs> and he, this guy's been a jerk this whole movie. Why would anybody listen to him? I, I, yeah, he does not know. know he's, he a, he's his <laughs> own blocker. Um, if he had just said, hey, I figured out the puzzle. <laughs> We can get out of here. It would have been so much easier. I think that that's,
0: he's he is Jigsaw's favorite type of victim because he totally deserves to be in one of these traps. He doesn't learn anything and he eventually gets what's coming to him in a way that I think Jigsaw would really appreciate. So Amanda and Daniel at this point, they have figured out that there's, a tunnel that leads through the house's basement into the warehouse where Saw One took place. So they run through there and Amanda is really, I mean, on like a repeat watch of this, like where you know Amanda's in on the in on the game, she it's pretty obvious that she's like, we need to go in this direction and we need to go hide in this bathroom. And <laughs> so they get into there Xavier is closely following them behind and when he confronts them in there Amanda does a pretty clever thing where she tries to give him one last shot to be not a selfish asshole she tells him she says well how are you gonna know your number if you're not gonna work with us which is just like totally like underscoring The theme is that, like, like you were saying, like they didn't actually need the antidote. Most likely, they just really needed to work together. If they had worked together from the very beginning, (laughs) to figure out (laughs) color-coded numbers, they would have had the antidote immediately, and they would have been able to escape. Oh man, this
1: is when Xavier becomes the ultimate badass. I love this move. As as much of a jerk he is, I I love it when he does this.
0: He really sticks to his guns. So he has a knife on him. And he goes, oh, he's extremely <laughs> self-sufficient. And he goes, I need no help from no one. And he cuts the skin oh. off the back of his neck. To get the number. To get the number.
1: Oh, my gosh. He flops around when he's holding it up.
0: It's horrible. It's so horrible. He. It's so, like... I know in like 2005, we weren't talking about toxic masculinity, but this yeah. like absolute refusal to for help for <laughs> anything. Anything. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Ridiculous. Oh my goodness,
1: Xavier, you are you are all male. <laughs> we jumped out of the seven. Oh my goodness. Gross. Um yeah, but he gets it; he does get it.
0: After a little fake out, which is very reminiscent of Saw One, so we're back in the, we're we're in the Saw One bathroom. So there's a couple of repeat things. So basically, as soon as they run into this bathroom, there's another like flashback, quick cut, edit montage to remind you, <laughs> you what forgot. happened
1: in this bathroom. And side and note: One. how many bodies did you? How many corpses did you count when they do this weird like flashy thing all over the place?
0: Okay, so right. there's Adam, the photographer, Zep.
1: Thank you. And okay, I could foot. not remember for the life of me who the third guy yeah. was, and I forgot it was Zep. Okay, thanks.
0: Yeah, because they, yeah, because he kills Zep in there. And so um, Daniel has kind of done a little fake out where he looks like he's died or fainted or something. And he then kind of leaps up and he slashes Xavier across the throat. And as soon as that happened, I was like, yeah, henchman.
1: Lonely. <laughs> right. Yeah.
0: yeah he, I don't think that oh, no. he never comes I don't back, think,
1: right? I think he was like more misunderstood than anything by his dad. But yeah, he he seemed like he would have been easy to turn into a henchman. He's so young.
0: So young. Goes through this traumatic experience. His dad goes... Oh my gosh. So we can cut ahead a little bit if we want to. We're just not really cutting ahead. It's like the next scene. But the detective has beaten the shit out of Jigsaw to get information out of him on Mm -hmm. where the house is. And the detective... Drives with jigsaw to the house, which oh, like how awkward would that be? Can you imagine too.
1: driving? And meanwhile, the SWAT team has gone to where they think uh the house is. It where the house is. They they follow the the tapes finally back to their origin, and so they're thinking this is going to tell us where this house is. Uh, so two things are happening yeah, at the same they- time. He's got no backup. <laughs> He's just. By himself. Because I know about that. Jigsaw
0: has done a very clever thing, where as you're watching the movie, you think that you're watching what's happening in the house. At the same time, the detectives are learning what's happening in the house. When the detectives show up at the location of where the tapes were being recorded, that's when you learn that all of the stuff that happened in the house had already been completed. It was done, like it was done, locked. Who knows how long ago? right they just realized that this was a pre-recorded thing that they were watching
1: it's like duh of course he thought of this yeah
0: he thinks of everything and jigsaw meanwhile has taken the detective matthews to the actual house and matthews (laughs) just leaves him in the car and (laughs) you're coming in here with
1: me buddy Right?
0: He just like leaves him in the no, car. Car so tossing goes him around, this house.
1: cancer patient. What right? Like why not make him come with you?
0: Yes. He he goes through the house, he kind of sees the carnage that's left there. Um, and our first tell is that when he first walks into the house, it smells really bad. And so you kind of click together that okay. There yeah. are decomposing bodies. Because it didn't smell bad
1: when yeah. they first woke up. They didn't notice the smell.
0: So they walk through... So he's walking through the house. He eventually gets to the basement tunnel. He takes the tunnel to the warehouse bathroom. And it's empty. There's... um Xavier. Xavier's corpse, which is rotting, starting to decompose. So... This is when I think it kind of twigs for him that all is not as it seems and there's a a hand draped over the side of the mm-hmm.
1: bathtub that he goes yeah. to go
0: investigate
1: and then when he goes to yeah. investigate he gets sod <laughs>
0: <laughs> I wish he got sod was like the regular,
1: like, phrase (laughs) that people used for, like, someone falling. He got jigsawed. And we don't, I'm not 100% sure who this is yet. I think maybe we're supposed to think it's Amanda, but I'm also wondering if Amanda could have taken down Detective Matthews on her own. Um, So I feel like it could either be her, or it could be Hoffman, or it could be gordon but mm-hmm. i doubt it's gordon because i don't think he does this part of it so much
0: i think it's amanda i think it's amanda because she, i'm pretty sure she's the one who appears in the doorway and and says
1: okay. game over
0: and yeah. closes the
1: door on him i'm i'm so on, I, yeah I i'm still iffy on if it's hoffman or not because i i'm not i can't remember we'll, we'll find out when we watch the future episodes but um I can't remember if they were working together yet or not. The three of them. There is some overlap, but yeah, I forget yeah. when it starts. I started a little timeline where I'm tracking this stuff. Um, so maybe next time I'll bring that up.
0: Yeah. I think that your trap count of eight is right. So to just summarize, one was mm-hmm. Michaels and the Iron Maiden. Two was yeah. the staircase. Three was gut, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I had said Gus with a gun. Yeah. Okay, and then four was Obi in -hmm. the crematorium.
1: Mm -hmm. Five was the needle pit. Also, the hand. Six would have been the hand knives. Um. Um,
0: Yep, hand knives. Seven was the I had it as over the rainbow. So that, like, I mean, you could say that that was you know, maybe technically trapped too, but when they kind of put it together, that that's right. like a thing that they have
1: to figure out. Um, also Donnie Wahlberg's test slash trap. I mean, he ends up getting trapped at the end. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Kind None of that. Yeah. I had that. Um, yeah. I think I counted over. The, yeah. Yeah. That's eight.
0: Yep. Cause the other two people who die. So Jonas... Gets killed by Xavier. It's not a trap. And then I guess you could technically count Laura dying from the neurotoxin. Because that's just kind of the house right. in general was a trap. Right. So you could call it nine.
1: Well, I, I sort of counted that already. The house being a trap. And then over the rainbow being a, a test. Right. Sort of involved with that. But yeah. It, it's. Up in- okay.
0: So like. Yeah. Uh, I guess if you're counting the house as an overall yeah. trap that includes the nerd and the over the rainbow, then yeah. That's yeah. So one. it's either
1: eight or nine. It's somewhere in there. <laughs> it's, it's a lot more than yeah. the first one, which is great. And yes. Yeah. We okay. didn't even wow. talk about Donnie. What happens after he gets kidnapped? You're right. I think it is Amanda now that I'm thinking about it, but he, he gets put in the same original trap. It's kind of a cool little throwback. This doesn't happen every, every sequel um but with with number two it's it's kind of cool he gets put in that trap with a saw uh actually no he doesn't even have a saw his his foot is just chained up and this guy does not waste any time he smashes the fuck out of his foot out of his ankle with that toilet toilet tangle lid <laughs> it gets a little loosey-goosey the, the more sequels we go but still That that's saw two though isn't it yeah, that's did. it. That's the whole movie. <laughs> I love this movie. Um, I guess yeah. for my uh my recommendation, um, I I really love this as a horror sequel. It was I thought it was a well done horror sequel. A lot of sequels we see just kind of take the same pr- um, plot from the first um movie and just sort of recycle it with new. Characters and this didn't really do that at all. I, I was I'm actually really glad they went with some random script and made it Matt made it fit um, Because it, I thought it brought in a lot of new ideas and I love I love that they added more more traps um, it, it just made it a lot more fun and a lot more to follow um, so I recommend this to any horror fan who likes a good sequel and um, and doesn't mind that none of the characters are likable. <laughs> I totally agree.
0: I think that this is a great sequel. Before going back and rewatching this, I had in my head that Saw 1 was this, like, you know, ivory tower, like, none of the sequels, like, approach it. I think that re rewatching Saw 2, and I'm expecting this to happen with the other sequels, that they actually really can hold their own. I think that... Saw 2 has the appropriate amount of escalation for a sequel. I think it might over escalate in some ways to go from, you know, two people in one room to eight people in a house. It's kind of a big jump, but I think that that's what makes it fun. So I would recommend this movie for people who like haunted houses. Um, I think that if you enjoy those carnival haunted houses around Halloween And having, you know, new scare around every corner and something kind of gruesome and fun to, to experience each time. Um, this is definitely for you. And I would also recommend this for people who are into hot topic and mall goth aesthetic. I think that this is the perfect movie for you to get some inspo, kind of bring that 2005 fashion back, get yourself a, a black and red silk robe, Maybe hang out in an abandoned warehouse or two, listen to some industrial music, and you're there. (laughs) And that was Saw 2. Join us next time for Saw 4. Just kidding, Saw 3. We're going to do Saw 3.
1: (laughs) This has been Not Quite Dead. Make sure to check
0: out our other episodes wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: Hey, you know, if you're feeling a little wild and crazy, why don't you try listening to them out of order? It's not like the Saw movies make sense anyway. Or,
0: you know, listen to them in order. As they were intended. Either way, thanks for listening to our show. Don't get sawed.